Hey, great to talk with Hamish Bennett there. Apologies if it sounded like I was slurring out there. Listeners, Mush was his nickname, Hamish Mush. So that's why I reverted to calling him Mush. Luke, what did you think about um, talking with Hamish there about his film and about what he does? Oh, he's such a nice guy. It sort of made me feel like I need up my game, to be fair. Um, and some sharp ideas about how to integrate a whole lot of everything into some simple, engaging plot lines that are going to capture our interest without clouding everything. You know, like he talked about the fact that he's going to raise his points without thrusting politics into everyone's view or, or whatever, but allowing people the opportunity to form their own opinions and think about it. You know, I think that's about putting things in front of people without blatantly putting it on their lap, so to speak, mm-hmm. eh? you know, like um, when I had heard about the film, I thought, oh, it's, it's a, sort of around the, the protests, the mm-hmm. Springbok tour. And it is, but at the same time, that's kind of just the backdrop yeah. to a coming-of-age story. Yet, at the same time, it's a really crucial part, or it's a really influential part of it. Mm. Mm. A driver. Yeah. The other thing, and I sort of brought it up in that um, convo there, is the place, the, the things it raises, I thought were really rich. Yeah. Do you know much about Parihaka? A little bit. So when they raided Parihaka and they took prisoners, they sent a lot of those prisoners, about 120, 127 Māori from Parihaka were sent down to prison in Dunedin, and they worked on those roads down there. And that's not actually what the film's about, but there are references to it. Mm. And I just sort of, I think that's one thing that stuck with me is, man, in that film, there are just these small references which open up a whole lot of other stories. Yeah. And you talked about wanting to do something with your students around the language of protest. Yes. Do you want to tell us more about that? Because you were talked to Mr. G, Paul Hamish. I thought he was going, oh, who's Mr. G? So I'm... Yeah, oh, yeah, apologies. <laughs> I think we talked about it in a previous podcast anyway, but just the fact that... Um... I mean, you've got all these street names that are that are out there and there's no real understanding of why they're named that or where mm. that name came from or what that area was called before that name was endowed on that area. Um, I mean, we've got a settlement just south of where we are, Matata, and that was carved up post-World um, War and everything was renamed. And there's some cool articles around decolonising the landscape and just raising awareness of what went on i guess it's just finding those little things uh and texts that allow you to explore great mm. avenues of, of of new zealand or outside history and and parihaka there's a couple of other texts that connects to one of them is in the film now uh, there's a book i think it was a guy dick scott but it was ask that mountain mm. and it's about taranaki manga but also parihaka and that history there mm. Also, there's another book, um, I think it's called Totohi Tohi, and it's about Māori protests throughout the years, and it goes back to Parihaka and goes back to other protests and comes it right through to the 2004 Foshaw and Seabed. Yeah. Um, so it's just, a, it's just another way that that film, and hey, look, I know Hamish, it's not about me here singing his praises, but that film connects. It's another way to connect. One student might get caught up in the protests and the Springbok tour, which is great. But another student could go this whole other, this whole other direction, 
and get into their history of um, political um, protest and the impact on for Māori as well. So I just think there's a whole untapped vein there that that film could connect to. It's a, um, a quite a good poem by Barry uh, Metcalf, I think it is. Um, Word of Te Fiti. Oh yeah, which has got some pretty cool uh, moments, powerful moments around what is the price of land and what are we willing to pay for it, and um, that whole understanding of there's a time to fight physically and there's a time to fight, I guess, um, in a peaceful manner. That's just as powerful, or probably even more so powerful. Being able to think about is that our students have always got something to talk about in regards to how we are running things. Like they always want to have their own voice, their own opinion. And in a way it's almost a you can allow them the, the means to protest school rules or or um, school expectations or uniform, whatever it is. But I guess that's that's essentially protest is allowing them a voice to express their their opinions and ideas. And if you can use that as a way to tap into oh well we have these significant uh, moments in time it sort of aligns both of those quite easily. Yeah, and I think you're onto something there because Aotearoa, Aotearoa is full of um, that ability to speak up. You know, you think yeah. back to um, Kate Shepherd, women's suffrage, first to get the vote. You go back to the antecedents of uh, Te Tiriti, mm. Declaration of Independence before that which is very different from what colonization or colonialism looked like in other countries. Um, so we do have this strong history there of actually standing up for what we believe in. You see that in the Springbok tour. You see that um, a couple of years ago uh, with those mandate protests. Yeah. You see that with Foreshore and Seabed, 2004, Rainbow Warrior. Yeah. So we are an outspoken people. Yeah, so the nuclear protests. Yeah, nuclear protests. No, no uh, nuclear warships. No nukes. The mm. Aotearoa waters. But I think um, you'd like to think that teachers will be proactive in finding their local histories to do with protests. Mm. You know, like if we look at Ngāpōtiki and the, the, the Mangatawa Quarry, like that's a local story around protest and around, well, trying to like, prevent things from happening. And those stories are, are nationwide. So you can use the 81 Springbok tour, maybe Hamilton, whatever, to to dive into it a little bit, but find that as mm. a ways to introduce uh, a local yeah. issue. Well, he raises a good point there, and, and there's a and it's um, sort of a scene in the film actually where um, Maori are part of this protest against the tour, but a lot, a lot of the protesters aren't recognising that Māori had had similarities mm. with, um, in terms of being uh, treated unfairly. Mm. And, and that was seen, so in the scene in the film, I won't give a spoiler. Well, I'll give you a spoiler. It's all being spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a character who's wanting to get people chanting this South African chant. Mm. This Māori woman there asked them, well, what does it mean what you're saying? And no idea. Oh really? No idea. No idea what she's saying. It's just right. a cool thing to do. So it's just, yeah. I think you're right. It's uh, it's a real good opportunity to localize for all of our teachers, all of our students out there. What happens? Where I'm from. I heard this um, 
last year, maybe the year before, there was that doco. I think it was called No Māori Allowed. Pukikohe? Yeah, it's, a, um, it's a book. Yeah, also. A book and then a doco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was about um, treatment of Māori and Pukikohe up to, I think, about the 40s, 50s? No, nah, later. Later. Really? Yeah, it was ongoing through the 60s. I've been reading it at home, and I'll be honest, it's it's a shit read in the fact that it makes you feel shit. Mm. Like it's a good read, it's well researched, and it tells a genuine story, but it mean it makes me feel shit about myself. Uh well for yes. Some horrible things going on. <laughs> no. Ingo, you yeah. wanted to scrap that a little bit. But <laughs> it's horrific how people were treated, particularly Maori within Pukakoi and the area. And it was ongoing, it was generational from mm. uh the confiscation of land in the New Zealand land wars through to uh how, how people were allowed to swim in the public baths mm. in the 1960s so uh it's a tough read but it does you're right it, there's stories like that throughout Aotearoa yeah what's interesting and uproar too is it's set in um Dunedin and, and the the um the details of the rugby tour probably aren't relevant mm. but mm. when you think of that tour and again I was um I don't know how old I was, young, but what I know about it. Were you since, born? Well, I was born. Yeah, I, was, I don't think you were born. It was uh, 1981. No, no, I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was up around. Were you walking? I looked about 15, 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, when you think about that tour, there are iconic places that stand out. I think Waikato was one of them. Waikato was. Yeah. Um, there was Eden Park where someone got yep. one of the Gary Knight, I think, got a flower bomb. Flower bomb and Waikato and I think maybe Gisborne where the, the fighting was really big. And they had the um someone had put razors in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um now that's not to diminish also what happened in Dunedin. Yeah. But when you think about that tour, you'd possibly gravitate to those big moments. Mm. Mm. Dunedin was also part of that tour, but it wasn't necessarily one of the big iconic moments of that tour. And I think that's what I really like about this film and what hamish does with his other work is it takes you to the parts of our history and the and those places that maybe aren't actually the big ones on the map i think the you're subtle right moments i, I mean i haven't seen up raw i'm holding out until we take this school group through but uh with bellbird first 10 minutes the... is a bit slow <laughs> 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 sorry hamish first of... no look look i missed them but Sorry, and, I cut you off. No, you're right. And then the, uh, in the other film, um, it's the periphery characters mm. that actually tell a lot about what's going on without them actually telling the story. It's through observation and just watching how the main or the key protagonists interact with these characters. So in Bellbird, you've got a young fella who um, doesn't quite have this uh, father figure. Uh, he's looking for something. Uh, Mum really just wants to keep him busy and get him under her, her feet. And yeah. he's out there uh, getting watercress in the paddock. But like his story is pretty key to the to the whole film. But he doesn't play much of a role. And I think that's similar to what he was saying about uproar and also the fact that he wasn't trying to push one character's perspective or perception. Mm. Everyone had a reason for what they were doing. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to tie into young people in the classroom. Don't just focus on that one character. Have a look at everyone else that was sort of around them, because they may be telling more of the story than that key protagonist. 
there's even um again it it connects in in the film it goes back to foreskin's lament oh yes and again it's just another another way it opens up i just imagine when you take those year 10 students mm -hmm. you've gone to this film see this film starring junior denison is what they know and it's uh, set yep. in our history but it's just connecting them to different things mm -hmm. from there all right foreskin's lament what's that about why is that why is that such a thing and then it takes you down that way so I just think that, like I mentioned to Hamish, I think it just asks a lot of questions and opens up a lot of doors. Mm. Quality, very clever. You've seen Bellbird. Mm. Um, you're talking about Bellbird. What are those other things you think there that, like, like you talked about, there's something about just the everyday, look yeah. shamelessly, man, I love a car chase and I love an explosion. I'll watch that all day. Yeah reason i love bruce lee films yeah um but there's something about just that charm of reality yeah i think with um like with bellbird i wouldn't show it to a, a school group mm. um maybe year 13 but it's actually the way it's paced and the the camera work in which it focuses on in regards to its backdrops it actually is not about the backdrop so much as about allowing the the viewer an opportunity to just reflect on what's happened or what is about to happen and also their interaction with both um and so look i'll put it out there i'm a bit of a sook and there's some tough times going on in this film re regarding relationships between father son and a loss of someone and it broke me like there's moments where it's sort of it's a bit much um but i think it's it's yes it is showcasing these small parts of new zealand without the the bells and whistles as he points out but I think those are those allow us more of an opportunity to reflect on how we're feeling and what we're thinking during those times without being um, tricked by smoke grenades. Mm. So how can we? So if we try and connect this to our teachers out there, mm. and I talked a bit about Aotearoa New Zealand histories there, but mm. which I think is all right. So if we think about our English teachers, and in our other um, episodes we've talked about just that effort to engage. Yeah. I think there's something that wouldn't sound like a cliche walking cliche but my take on uproar is it's pretty universal and that's what he spoke to as well um so i think there'll be some appeal there mm. and i think for me i just think there's something beyond that that's a window into our history yep um yeah what do you think how can our teachers use that well you're looking at it as a um, point in time perhaps or a, a monumental uh, nationwide issue mm. um, for me it can be something as simple as man there's this young fella doesn't quite fit in um and maybe you start with a discussion about like well who's had a moment in time where you weren't feeling entirely accepted where you were oh we'll put up your hand if there's another moment in time where you were okay so what's the difference between those two situations what changed was it you and your approach to it or was it the environment and I guess it's like tap into uh, our young people and, and where they're positioned day to day and then go, oh, well, there's this main character who, you know, he, he doesn't quite understand who he is and where he is in time. Um, he's got a yearning to learn. He's got some challenges to overcome. Oh, well, let's give us a nudge. I think, too, there's a good commentary. Um, and I don't know if it's, it's actually accurate now times have changed or maybe i just don't see it 
but also about what's valued. Mm. So there's this character, Judy Dennison, but his older brother is a rugby star at the school, mm. comes back in a coaching role. But um, he alludes to the fact he was only valued because he played rugby. And you hear that a lot, you mm. know, like mm. um, I know a lot of schools, 80s, 90s. Um, it's still going on. Yeah, where, where Māori would be accepted mm. and celebrated um, because they're in the rugby team or, or yep. whatever. Yet there are a number of Māori who don't do that and then they don't enjoy that celebration of, of who they are, I guess. Well, not really acknowledged, are they? Yeah, that's right. And, and that's probably not just unique to Māori. Yeah. Um, particularly in, hey, look, we spend a lot of time in a boys' school. Love it. Love it in the boys' yeah. schools. Yeah. They do some great things. Yeah. But there is that element there where if you don't certainly fit a certain type of mould, yeah. you, you don't fit in, you get moved on. Mm. Mm. Is that still a thing? Well, I hope not, but uh, my, my gut feeling is it is. I think... Like, is it uh, unique? One sounds of like, sounds like I'm hating on boys' schools. Is that unique to a boys' school? No, no, I think... Or does every school have its clicks. iteration of that, you know? Well, Hamish's focus, you know, I, I, I can't speak for him, but in my observation, he's going... He's focusing on those people who are at the outer edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah? And it is those people that exist everywhere regardless we're in these this constant state of figuring out where we are and where we sit but he's also looking at in Bellevue there's a father-son relationship and both don't know how to communicate so we're an intergenerational sort of we don't quite know how to be honest with each other it's all that whole harden up philosophy I think we will retain that until it just slowly grows out of us and that Rugby, yep. that rugby culture, which we've both been a part of, massive players, you are probably more successful than me, but that culture sits there, right? Like In my head I was, but you... the reality is probably not. <laughs> probably not. Mm. Feel free to write us some fan mail uh, to these coaches, <laughs> but that whole, oh, well, you're a rugby player, harden up, don't be a pussy, um, we don't talk about our feelings. It's post-war. It's continued. Mm -hmm. It's not until we, I don't know, grow out of it, I suppose, a little bit, that that will continue. What do you reckon? Well, that's all I'm sure. I hear that a lot, and that's, and I'm not trying to be defensive here. Yeah. Having enjoyed those fruits. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can give me a, can you give me an example though? Did of your dad hug you? No. Um, my dad, no. Yeah. There's a point taken. Sure, but um. Again, not wanting to sound defensive here, mm. but can you tell me a culture or a nationality that do it differently? Nah, well, I, I, you know, I can't speak for other cultures. Hey, we say that. I've only experienced this one. Yeah, but what, yeah. what have we yeah. seen? Like, you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and you mentioned yeah. post-war yeah. and a lot of soldiers coming back and then things, and that definitely changed things. We know yeah. that. Yeah. But is, is that a universal experience for particularly males? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, or, or is there somewhere... Is there a culture or nationality out there who they they react differently? Yeah, you're right. I don't know this, but I went to a football match in Argentina, mm. and and the passion when they win and and, and the, the hugging and the embracing is it's awesome. You know, it's wow, yeah, far yeah, out. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, they give each other a kiss on the cheek because their team scored a goal. It's, mm. it's crazy, which you don't really see. No, and um, and there's often talk about how. 
New Zealand sports audiences, crowds, live crowds, are relatively subdued. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so maybe that's um, like as we, like I know that we talk about these things more than my father ever would have. Mm -hmm. And so I think as society continually changes and new norms are created, I think that's when. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but I, I do know, I read a quote once where, not a quote, it was an anecdote, and it had to do with the Rwandan genocides, early 90s. Yes. And they talked about, look, afterwards they sent in the United Nations, sent in a whole lot of um, trauma, mm. trauma response people to work with these, particularly children who'd gone through all these uh, these terrible ordeals, you know, families destroyed and and the rest of it, really nasty stuff. And one of the comments was, "Oh, they shut us in a room and wanted us to talk about all the sad things we'd experienced." Yeah, right. And somewhere in there, I can't remember. There's that quote. Sorry, I'm probably not doing it justice. But then they talk about how their way, they get out there, they dance, and they all come together and they dance. And so I guess it's that. Um, so different cultures have means of addressing how you address it. Yeah, that's why I'm, again on. I'm not dismissing what you've raised, but hugging and talking about our feelings. Yep, we, we know that. We know New Zealand males particularly don't do that well. Yeah, yeah. But is that necessarily the right way? The right way. Yeah, probably, and, probably um, not. You know, it's one way. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Have you heard of Farmstrong? Yes. What is it? Well, it's a opportunity for well a group that allows farmers to get together and actually well sit around with a box of tissues but they certainly talk about the the troubles that mm. that lie with farmers on a farm because they, right. it's farming such an insular career yeah and allows them an opportunity to express it it's kind of like surfing for farmers yeah, yeah. Well, I think right? was, yeah that's right. exactly that and i think it was recognized that um, you had these incidents of the pressures of running a farm, yeah, and all number of pressures there, and in an unsteady and steady economy, yeah, and climate. Home prices drop. That's yeah, bad. that's right. And and you had farmers who would really struggle. Yeah. So the idea was that was a identifying that and realizing, hey, we've got to do some more and look after people there, which I think sort of um. It highlights that there's something going on there to recognise that those are issues mm. there. Mm. And hey, look, uh, talking to someone that might be a way to help. Yeah, but also be. as could be going surfing, yeah. as could be a whole lot of other things. Yeah. Interesting, eh? We gone deep on this chat. We have, um, but possibly they're all things that come off a story like this. Yeah. And I know you haven't seen it, but really, it's about an outsider. Mm. Doesn't feel they belong. Mm. Probably finding their voice a bit, but finding their finding their feet and who they are. So interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so again, I'll, I'll try and pull this back to teachers. Yes. Um, there's a really clear way, I think. And you always hope. Oh, do I just think this because I'm older? Mm. You know, if you're 14 years old, will you enjoy this film? Will you connect or relate to the film? Itself? Well, I hope so. We're about to take a whole lot of teams along. 200 plus. It's a lot of popcorn. Well, yeah, it's a lot of um, yeah noise if it ain't going on. <laughs> well, uh, when I saw it, I think it'll be a really enjoyable film. Mm -hmm. 
I think they'll find it funny. Yeah. But I make the point it's not a slapstick film. There are things I found funny that maybe they won't find funny. Subtlety. The subtlety. Yeah. Maybe the the recognition of ourselves a bit in there. Yes. Yes. Um, and that might get missed on a younger audience. Is there enough self awareness with a 14, 15 year old to laugh at themselves or the situation? Um, potentially. 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 I mean, the, the awkward teachers are awkward teachers, and we've all been awkward at some stage. I can tell you to do that. Yeah. There's enough awkward. That's my badge. Teach those characters. <laughs> like the principal, appreciate his comment how he's not supposed to be a villain. He's just someone doing his job. But yeah. You'll recognize those things in the end. Yeah, yeah. The um, obsession with how the sports team's gone on. Mm. Everyone will recognize that. Um, the you know, things like the librarian at school and also those things I think are maybe universal and I, I hope the students will appreciate that and, yeah. and maybe find something there that connects with them. Well, I'm thinking of, um, obviously we, we put this trip together, uh, like I, I really want to push it at level one next year with the new standards, but as a bit of an intro, um, create something post-trip um to engage these year tens for another another week right because they're about to go on year 10 camps they've just done their assessments we'll go on a trip what's some engaging learning that we can get done before they finish the year right so my initial idea was to target that protest concept but the more i talked to hamish was more about like well the protest sits there and it's a massive driver but it's not the key key story that's being told mm. and so now i'm gonna have to think a little bit on the fly from you, your perspective, you've seen it, um, and you've already given out most of it to me uh, and to our listeners. Mm. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, where should I be heading for developing a bit of a unit in regards to this um, Bill Dunn's Roman? I've just learned that word, so I'll put it in What there. is it? What did you say? I might be pronouncing it wrong. Bill Dunn's Roman? Bill Dunn's Roman? I've never heard of it. What's yeah. that? No, oh, it's an interesting word. Um, so it's, it? it's, it's coming of age. Bill Dunn's Roman. Is it? I've never heard that. How sure? do you spell it? I'm going to look it up right now. How do you spell it? Bill oh, Dunn's Roman. You spell it to me, and I'll tell you if you're correct. Well, I've never heard it before. I'm imagining. B-I-L-D-U-N-G-S-R-O-M-A-N. Bill Dunn's Roman. Bill Dunn's Roman? There we go. Bill Dunn's Roman. A novel dealing with one person's formative years or spiritual education. So first of all, got it wrong. It's to do with a novel. But I think it's Bildung's tells... Roman. What language is that? Language of origin? Uh yeah. What's the language of origin? Yes. The term comes from the German words Bildung and Roman. Do you want me to look it up? Well, no, I just read it there. We're on the fly here. Wikipedia. We're on the fly. Do you know what Spielberg um, means? Um it focuses on the psychological and moral growth of the protagonist from childhood to adulthood. Bildung's Roman, mate. If you get your class education. For me. If you get all those 200 year 10s saying, hey, we're going to watch some buildings, Roman, and they start dropping that into chat, mate, you'll have achieved a lot. I think we'll have a very high pass rate in the literacy <laughs> CAA. <laughs> a classic of buildings, Roman story. <laughs> Uproar is about. Look out, <laughs> look out external markers in 2024 because Papa Mott College yep. is climbing the ranks. Buildings, Roman. We studied buildings, Roman this year. Impressive, Luke. I've learned something today. Well, yeah, I, I was taught it recently. So there we go. Buildings Roman. Yeah. Um, now, where were we going before you dropped the grenade that is Buildings Roman in there? You asked me something. 
can't remember what it was. Neither. Endgame might have to do some editing. <laughs> no, no, because Buildings Roman is some, a real takeaway. You asked, um, you asked something crucial there. I was going to say, I think you asked what some takeaways or something there, or what will students go to. I think there's a number of things they'll go to. Where, where I went to was, I think, um, and we may have talked about this before, that language of protest. Mm. And some texts for me, Patu by Meta that we discussed. Yeah. It's a documentary, and there's no commentary. It's purely just collated footage of the protest. Yeah. We um, might have find that. Sorry to interrupt, but we might I have find that. Try NZ on screen. NZ on screen will probably have it. Meta Meta. Okay. Um, yeah. And so Patu. And then there's also a book. I'm pretty sure it's called Totohi Tohi. And one of the, there's a number of authors there, one of whom is Matariki Williams. And that's about the history of Māori protest. And then also in the film is this book, Ask That Mountain. It's about Taranaki. Um, so that's sort of where I went, is that the film opens you up on this history of Māori protest, really. But I guess there are a whole lot of other things. You can look at... Um, I mean, that could take you into the French, the nuclear rainbow warrior, um, Mururoa Atoll, Josh Cronfield, Headgear, Herbs, French Letter. Another great text, you know that song? Yes. Uh, French Letter by Herbs, classic 80s. Like, there's a whole lot of things that come off that. And maybe that's the way you tap into it. Because how many songs are out there that deal with injustice? Oh, heaps, 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 whole um, heap. Kids love music. And the other thing I thought, probably of the setting, like particularly Dunedin, just the way it's portrayed, um, UB40. Yes. Now, UB40 aren't renowned for their protest songs, but the history of how that band came together. Mm. You know what it, their name comes from? No. So UB40 was the um, paperwork you had to fill out to get the doll in Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so these guys had met through various things, but the, the thing that bound them is they were all on, on, on the doll. <laughs> and it was that time, I think it was Margaret Thatcher's Britain, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. I think the coal industry had bottomed out. Yeah. Things are tough. And so UB40, even though their music is is not protest songs, um, the history of that band is really mm -hmm. important. UB40. Well, we get sort of tuned in, that influences Herbs. Yeah. And Herbs, French letter, a lot of their music is about um, protesting French bombing in, in the Pacific. Um, but also there's some of their other songs, Dragons and Demons, mm -hmm. um, Azania. So again, that, that film, indirectly, it can take us down a whole way. You could do a whole lot around music. Sorry, that was the question you asked. What could we do for units after this? Yes. So you could oh, do okay. New Zealand music or music in general. Mm. that's protest that's maybe coming out of that era. Well, he had the nail on the head with uh, Troy Kingy. Mm. Like, Troy Kingy, like, his entire work, um, he could tap into with kids. But he's certainly got some pretty strong views expressed through his music around uh, the colonisation of Aotearoa anyway. And also, there's another side story. He's got, run, got a great island series where he goes around to exploring different islands yes. around Aotearoa. Yes, Which, it comes to much and I'm a massive fan. Um, there's another one I just sort of there, and it's um, oh, man, I should have just we talked about Troy Kingy. 
there's another song that comes up with, oh, uh, around reggae protest mm-hmm. comes up. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, oh, man, I lost it there. <laughs> I lost it there. But, but I guess I'm just trying to connect other texts. Yes. There's a film, Mount Zion. Yes, there uh, is. Mount Zion and Mount yep. Zion, the backdrop of that is around Bob Marley coming here. Mm. So you look at the music of Bob Marley, you look mm-hmm. at the impact mm-hmm. of reggae music in New Zealand. Highest um, consumer of reggae outside of Jamaica is New Zealand. Really? Yeah. Do you just make Buy that more. Nope. Fact. You can you can fact check me on that. Fact check. Yeah. I won't because it could be disappointing. Oh, well, um, look, I'm close to it. It's thereabouts, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Fun fact for you and our listeners, in the 80s, the highest uh, ever New Zealand crowd at a concert occurred at which concert? Western Springs. Yep. Who when? was the artist? 80s. 80s. Possibly 81, 83. Not sure. But who was the artist? I'll give you the names. Um, Bob Marley. Yeah. David Bowie. Yes. Uh, Michael Jackson. So one of those three largest concerts of all time, largest recorded New Zealand crowd. Well, I'm going to go with the first one because we're talking about reggae. That's what you'd think. No, it was David Bowie. Really? David Bowie, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not a massive fan. Not a, no, um, no, not neither am I. I'm not, no. not in the whole Ziggy Stardust things, but he had a later yeah. period where he sort of got really funky. Yeah. And he had songs like um, Golden Years. Let's dance. Oh, they're, they're horrific. Oh, man, they, they're quality. And why they're quality <laughs> is he's got this Golden guy. Um, but it's the guy on guitar who makes it. <laughs> yeah, I get pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah, see yeah. that. I don't know about the song. It's more just the guy with oh. the vibe. Well, um, there's some quality, particularly hip-hop and rap samples taken from those ones. Okay. So it's more about those than the actual original. Yeah. All goes back to Rome, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all Bill Rings, <laughs> It's all Bill Dungroom or Bill Dungroman. <laughs> um, so where was I going there? Yeah, look, I, I think in terms of units, man, you could do a whole thing of music. Yeah. You could do a whole thing of protests in Aotearoa. Uh, I always remember my old, one of my old high schools, uh, back in the 70s, um, Someone spray painted on the roof, or they put a banner up there because they were these boys were told to cut their hair. Mm-hmm. And this is the seventies when boys started growing long hair. And one of the banners is there was a big photo that was pretty famous, and it said Jesus had long hair too. Oh, and from the year they that's pretty clear. Right? Yeah, but then I guess it raises the idea. Well, hang on, who's Jesus? Yeah, who's Jesus? Hey, Are you putting yourself on a pedestal. Well, and you, if you uh, read the, the classic version of Jesus. <laughs> Hey, blonde hair, blue eyes. Hang on, how does that come out of the Middle East? <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah, so a whole lot of different ways you could go with uproar. I've talked about the Taranaki thing. Um, we haven't tapped into potentially our purpose, Mataranga uh, Māori. No, we've but talked, I guess. We've talked about local stories. I talk about local stories, but I think um, it's possibly what it is for me as a viewer of that film. Yes. I think I appreciated that not everything is about these big, profound moments or these big, heavy. Everyone's story is important. Yeah, everyone's story is important. And 
I think that's what I really liked about it is this is it just seemed again it would sound dismissive but very ordinary very mm. every day that was definitely Bellbird as well yeah, yeah 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 and I think that's the I might have used this phrase already but it's that might be the charm of how Hamish is approaching things is that it's very ordinary very every day mm. this isn't a film about the person who protested against this mm. uh, there's a great film I saw a couple of years ago about Fina Cooper yep you see that no, I haven't yet. Uh, great, great film. Great account of that woman. Uh, really impressive. Marawahine. And it's about her. And mm -hmm. that she's a pivotal figure in her history. Great film. Great story. Absolutely total for that. Mm -hmm. This is fictional. Mm -hmm. But it's also not about mm -hmm. anyone. It's about an ordinary person. Um, and probably a universal theme. So I think that's what I really like. I'm looking forward to now watching this in Patu, uh, just because I had a quick yarn with a colleague straight after school today. Well, I didn't realise this, but Tiafsaro's father. Yeah, Matua what, John, who's our co-martu at our college, or one of the co-martu at our college. Was a, was a key figurehead in some of these movements. And yeah. more so just because of the, uh, the enjoyment factor and the action at times rather yeah. than the political movement yeah well what he did and this group did was he was part of the group who took the maori language petition to this to the parliament. parliament yeah and i think might have been 75 mm. 76 so yeah he was in there there's some great photos of it he's got a classic uh, nice afro going on there but um but he was there so again that's another um pivotal part of our history but also one that's maybe overlooked or just not given the time well, for us directly, it ties into where our, our manapino are and Absolutely. our local iwi. There's another one uh, I should mention too. Because mm -hmm. again, I think what we're taking from this chat for me is that we're just connecting a whole lot of other texts. But there was a theatre production which some of our students went to see called The Haka Party in Sydney. Did yep. you hear about that? Yeah. Do you know what that's about? No, but I've heard about it. What have you heard about it? The kids enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I mean, they didn't really explain much about it. Okay, so that's based on a part of a history where um, the Auckland University Engineering School, at the end of every year, they'd have this big piss up. Oh, they'd yeah. put on these grass skirts, chuck yes, grease over their face, yeah. roll around saying, Ooga booga, mm -hmm. really offensive. Um, and basically, what happened was they'd do it every year, Auckland University, and Typical. then this group called Nga Tamatoa. Who were Māori, and particularly I remember Hilda and Hone Harawera were in there. Yeah, oh, remember. Sounds like I was there. I remember it. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't remember it. I, I know. I know about it. I've I didn't realise you had an engineering degree. Yeah, right. You're 75. I was there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging around the union 75. <laughs> um, but but basically they were there. Some others, Atero's uh, mother and father, I think, and there were other prominent names now who were there. And basically, they went to these students and told them to stop. Mm. Um, they didn't stop, kept doing what were basically real crude um, piss takes of the haka and of Maori culture. And so basically, these Maori went to get Mahari. Oh, I don't, I don't think you meant that. I think you meant they encouraged them strongly to, no, no, to no. stop doing so. Get them a good hide. <laughs> get the shit out of them. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> And then, but what's interesting was then the headlines after it too were really, um, were really telling because you uh, gang attacks Auckland University yeah. students, and it painted a different picture. And there were yeah. clear victims there, oh. mm. and and even the attitude that um, 
oh, it was just fun. We we're just having fun. Yeah. But what happened was that never happened again. So that Auckland Haka party, I think they used to call it, that never happened again mm-hmm. because of that incident. And that was Ngātama Tōr. And I think Ngātama Tōr were that group. That, that was the same group that went down to Parliament. That went down to Parliament. Yeah. yeah. And that group was young, a very young Rauri Paratini. Oh, yeah. Rauri Paratini. Yeah. Used to host our play school back in the day. Prominent actor. <laughs> yeah. He played the Koro and Whale Rider. Yeah. And a number of other uh, Māori now who, who are well-known. But again, that's another really important part of our history. Um, yeah, and I guess it's a part, it's something you may not look at. Like it's not, I guess it's not the big, it's not the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi. Mm, it's mm. not these big, huge moments. Are the, it's the subtle bits in between. These little minor moments that mean yeah. a lot. So well, you were able to remember a lot, a lot of this. and, and I feel like Forrest Gump, I was kind of there. And... Yeah, but perfect, <laughs> right? But you have an understanding of this. If I'm a teacher in, oh, Mercury Bay. Mm-hmm. Area school, yep. and I want to tap into some of this. What's the best way you reckon to develop my understanding of of what's gone on locally, perhaps, or or how to great or make greater connections to the interesting? Text? I think that the first thing is what's really important is knowing where you are. So I do think um, it's one thing at our school we've worked hard to do mm. is make when you hear that term localized curriculum that for us. So if you're listening up there, we're in Papa Moore, and we're very close to Tauranga, but we're not in Tauranga. So our history in Papa Moore is definitely connected to Tauranga, but at the same time, it's not there. Yeah. And a really good example of that is Pukehinehina, mm. uh, the Battle of Gate Pa, which really important, really significant uh, moment in history, particularly of the region we're in. But I think when you look at it through a localised lens, it's understanding for Mana whenua, for Ngā Pōtiki, uh, where we are, what did that actually look like for them? Mm. And I think it would be too easy to grab that as, oh, we'll do that, and, yeah. and the British attacked here, and Māori did this, and um, and you mm. go that way. Mm. But mm. actually what that can do, if, if not done properly, it can actually not localise, it doesn't localise you. Yeah, it's not at all. It's, yeah, it doesn't localise you. shifting the focus. Yeah, and you're kind of grabbing a generic or a pan Māori moment. Mm. Mm. Uh, if we talk about and, and most schools do it and, and I think rightly so for example if you do um, okay term one every year we're doing tetiriti we do a unit on yeah. a treaty man really significant national event so get it but at the same time if we constantly look at Mātauranga Māori as a generic mm. Mm. Uh, Aotearoa wide experience we probably miss those chances to be really rich localised what does it look like here we mentioned Pukekohe before. Yes. So you think for Māori who lived there, mm. what was that experience growing up like for them? Um, probably very different from, yeah, from yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. So you're looking at what is what was the purpose of that particular event in time? So let's say it's the yeah the treaty. What was its purpose? Okay, it was there, but what did that look like at yeah, that what, time? locally that's right so or if you what were the yeah. transmissions from that locally. yeah that's right and i think if you go to waitangi yes for example and you would hear those stories of Puneheke and kawati and the, the actual signing and, and hobson who was there and the issue of the williamses who were translating it the night before and all those stories yeah. that happened right in that spot yes if you then think about um alfano in uh 
Taupo yes. and Rotorua, Tiarua, that Taupo, region there, yeah. Tufaretoa, yep. where they didn't sign. Yes. And so their experience around Titiriti is very different from yes. a Gapui one set up north. Mm. And everywhere will be like that. So I think, um, I hope I'm answering your question, but if, no, you, right. if you localize it, it's richer, not to say one's better than the other, but it's richer learning for students who are there. Yeah, and, and that's possibly why the teacher teachers can really get in there because it's was well, that launch point, right? It's that launch point, absolutely. Hey, this is happening in this film. Hey, well, actually, during yeah. this time, this was actually happening here. Yeah. That's right. Or just before this came in, this is what we were dealing with. Yeah, that's right. So if we think of uh, Gizzy, yes, Alfano at um, Campion College and then Lytton High School over there, Gizzy boys and Gizzy girls. Boys. Um, if we think of that. The Springboks, I think, went to Gisborne. I can't remember the outcome of the game or if the game was held, possibly. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, they watched this film, and then what did that mean for Gizzy? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that Poverty Bay game was possibly abandoned. But yeah, I guess that's something. If you really localise, not just Māori, not just New Zealand, yeah, you can, you can get down. So I think that's a really good starting point. So you mentioned Mercury Bay, for example. Yeah. So for Mercury Bay, on that teacher who's just moved there to Mercury Bay, yeah. What's a starting point for me? It's probably around Ngati Hay. Mm. And what's their um what's the history of Ngati Hay there? Yeah. Then also up in that area, you've got these really interesting pockets of Ngati Poro there. Yeah. And I think you've got Ngati Pukinga there. Yeah. And then you've also got um Ngati Maru. Ngati Maru. Yeah. You've got uh, I think um Parihauraki, mm. which is that that yes. regional yes. Goes right down to yeah, the hapu there. So you've got things that you've got, and each of those have got really interesting stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, that go recently in Tauranga Mona, for example, you've had a real uh, push. Yeah, a real conflict around yes. Parihauraki and Tauranga Mona there. So straight away, there's some really interesting stuff there. Yep. Rich, rich resources. Now, what you do with that and how you turn that into great learning for students, man, that's got to be. That's the art of a good teacher, I guess. We yeah, do, you know, teachers do that. But, but, yeah. but there's massive histories there. There's massive things you can tap into. Me, mm. mm. me. All right, bro. Great chat as always. Um, hey, if you've listened out there, I hope you've enjoyed this one. I feel we've gone a bit deeper than most. Um, we've gone a bit wayward at times, but yeah, well, we've tried to we maintain do. the integrity of the podcast. Oh, look, I think any opportunity to get some good burger chat is an opportunity not wasted. But I think too, it's about um, it's possibly though because we've talked about a film as opposed to novels, and um, by default, a film opens up a whole lot of other questions mm -hmm. that probably a novel doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about ample opportunity in a novel to tie things together. Yeah, that's right. It's probably a lot tighter by default. Yeah, I talked a lot here about Parihaka and Taranaki, mm. and that's based on. A comment from one of the characters, and a, a, a shot of someone choosing a book off a library shelf. Yeah. So it opened up a whole thing there, you know. So hey, listeners out there, hope you got something from here. And um, hey, we did have a couple of glitches there. So when you listen to this, but you might get a little, a couple of things where it feels like you missed something. Is this for credits? Uh, November edition. Signing out. Jota. Luke, always a pleasure. Final thoughts, Luke. I think uh, the highlight for me, I'm just a good person. Good person to have a yarn with. Um, yeah, cheers. What do you think, famous? Yes. 
Good guy. Hey, no, he is a renowned director. Uh, zero uh, ego, so humble. Um, some great concepts, loves a laugh, and I just thrive on having the opportunity to talk to people like that. Awesome. Yeah, and for me, I know we didn't talk too much about um, Goldbird, but that's what we, mm-hmm. you'd watch that, and we were going to bring that into a conversation mm-hmm. a lot. But I do think it highlights his style he's got there, Yeah, where it's a really subdued, almost... Um, Unspoken story. Yeah, almost. yeah, that's right. It's, it's really low-key, mm. which is a nice change from a lot of loud... There's nothing wrong, man. I love loud car crashes. Car crashes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, stunt work, love that. Um, but but it's a real different style there, yeah, and a real different style of storytelling. And so it's just really nice to appreciate that and what it can bring. Mm. Really keen to probably have a follow up chat and see how it goes with students. Yes, because uh, here we are, um, young people ourselves. <laughs> but but really want to see what young people think of it and, yeah. and maybe how they engage with it and if it hits with them or not. Film's done pretty well, so it's um Hey I tell you what, if we if we develop something that's worthwhile following up, we'll we'll share it amongst the NZAT community. NZ, NZ. Yep. I mean I'll do what.